Dear Lord, I just thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing right now. You're so good to us, Lord. And right now, Father, in this moment, this very second, Father, we stand in awe of you. Starting a new year off right, as we have been inconsistent in 2013, and I apologize, and I hope for much forgiveness for that, but uh, keep my feet to the fire, remind me to get this message out. I hope tonight is something that you need to hear and I need to hear. Well, this is, of course, the Who Am I Identity Christ of Youth Today podcast. We started about a year ago, been quite busy with things like you know, just really doing direct ministry, but wanted to get this message out and be consistent and maybe spread the message. Um, this podcast is a collection of articles, comments, ideas with lots of truth to share with others that are really interested in real change in our youth of today. Um, yes, this is Devin Harris, as I said before, Director of Full Circle Refuge, a juvenile justice ministry has served the southeast of the U.S. for the past 20 years. Well, 2014 is here, and it is cold, even in the south here. Now, we live in the barely Georgia-South Carolina border um, of the south, but tonight and probably most of the United States is cold with a unique cold front, something Vortex, they called it, and currently it is at 1014 in the evening here. It is 21 degrees, and they said we might hit like 10 or 12 degrees. Never seen in this area since about 1986. So this is amazing. It is the times. It is the times, the seasons that we won't be able to predict, but it'll be unique for that be nice to see some snow, but I don't think that's going to happen for us. Well, tonight's topic is going to be interesting. I'd like to talk to you about something I heard today, and just to start us off with something to set the, the precedence of what we're dealing with, is the topic tonight is 2014, the year of truth. Yes, I said that. Well, whose idea is that? Um, just today, you know, I heard a lot of the local media talking about new things, people coming out, new freedoms, new expressions, all this, you know, this way and that way to really indoctrine people with things. You know, um, as we talk about truth, you know, Jesus was asked by Pilate, what is truth? Well, he should have asked, who is truth? You know, even Jesus said in John fourteen six, he says, he stated, I didn't. It's red letter in the Bible. I'm sorry. Jesus, first person, stated, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. 
He states that He is truth. He is life. He is the direction. There is no other. While we keep trying to bend the rules, twist it, flip it, make it our own way, make a half lie, half truth. You know, try to twist it to our own convenience, our own selfishness um, without God. Um, you know, I, I do believe that this will be the year that truth is challenged, um, changed uh, as I like to hear a lot of the culture state is do as I will camp thinking. Just watch the media and sit back. It's like watching TV and turn the volume all the way down. What are they trying to portray to us? What are they trying to sell to us? But just step back with Jesus lens through the will of God and watch what the message of the culture is. Even if you're not a believer and you're listening to this, be aware. Over time, as they turn the water up, your minds will be changed. Um, as they trying to turn the hearts and minds of people to a lie, um, you know they're selling you know, they, they, anything. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch the the, the drive by media. You know, as I heard another commentator talk about, it, no, if it bleeds, it'll lead, and they'll read it. It's just so dumbfounding of dealing with this hearts and minds of people reporting messages. They're about changing people's thinking slowly right on your TV. But can, what can we do? What can we do? Well, let's look at some articles here that are going on and try to address from um, our perspective of what needs to happen in culture. Um, I was reading an article a while back, um, editorial, Keep Youth from Prisons and Gangs. It was back in December of 15th, 2013. As it states in this article, banding together for self-protection is an old as life itself, but young men um, join gangs because they grew up with no fathers in their lives, want a sense of family membership. It provides for them. They, they crave for rites of passage that says they become a man. Um, we've been speaking this for a while back with our, our one degree at a time program um, sessions is to, is to really cultivate that mindset with young men to see them change the way they think they act. Remember, biblically, a young man becomes, uh, a, young, a boy becomes a young man around 12 years old. And, uh, uh, psychological, physical, everything is, is, is really evolving, if I can use that word, into a man at that age. Leaps and brown, bounds, the hormones are changing. Um, there's lots of challenges. There's, they have these growth spurts as they look at their moms and they're looking at them eye to eye and thinking they're a man. Um, their feet grow overnight. Uh, they get little peach hair on their faces and, and their voice gets a little bit deeper or squeaky, and they're seeking to define that what that is inside them that's trying to burst out of them. So if nobody cultivates them, guides them, they will seek it. Even if it hurts, they will seek that. And that's one of the challenges we do as men of Full Circle Refuge is to come alongside a young man to guide them, to challenge them, to um, correct them, in a, in a godly, manding, 
kingdom man way, if I can use what I've been reading Tony Evans's concept um, to to cultivate that concept of, of who they are in their lives, and that's what we seek. That's what we're seeking to do as a ministry. Here's another article that says why youth are attracted to the gang image by a blogger named James Johnson. Thank you, James, for this great article. It was posted on the fifth of December. And it was also updated on December 8th, 2013. And it states here, why does everyone want to be a gangster? From gladiators to gangsters throughout history, there's always been an attraction to being a tough guy. Girls love them. Boys cry for them. And everyone else fears them. It sounds like, it does sound like that today. You know, you go in there and if you, I go into schools and they said the gang man is coming. Somebody's going to be talking about gangs today. Man, kids are trying to jump over the chairs to get to the front, the VIP seats to see what we want to share, see who we brought. Girls are fascinated. It's like heroes, thug mentality, looking for love and a thug. You know, it's amazing. As it continues to say in this article, in today's society, there's been, seems to be three kinds of youth. Tough people, those intimidated by them, and those who imitate them. Today's youth use the term gangsta to mean gangster over tough guy. A popular rap star, 50 Cent, recorded a song called Wangster. Wangster is a street slang. Wangster is a street slang that describes someone who is pretending to be a gangster. The lyrics of his song depicts the artist challenged a rival claim to be a gangster. He goes on to criticize his, criticize his rival for talking about being a gangster and not actually shooting anyone. Why would a child rather fight than, than be called a gangster? Well, that's what we're exploring in this section of this publication he's stating here. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, nobody's gonna back down. It's like a rat in a corner, you know, um, uh, every means necessary. I, I can't be on blast. I can't be put on uh, YouTube and somebody's got some video of me and going viral. So I got to defend myself of whatever they say when they talk about my mama, whatever they say. It continues on in the article. It says people are drawn to several characteristics of a tough guy. Let us take a close look at some of them. The first one he states here is fearlessness. Tough guys do not seem to have a healthy fear that would normally limit the average person's behavioral ability. Their unpredictable character keeps their spectators guessing, friends entertained, and rivals in fear. Tough guys refuse to listen to anyone or anything, including their own conscience. That's funny. You know, it's just nothing. It's like brain dead there. Uh, and I remember... You know, years ago, uh, a, a very patriarch, uh, transforming of the true culture, Chuck Colson, that passed a couple years ago, um, the founder of Prison Fellowship and, and Great Ministry of Reaching the Loss, um, stated in the early 90s that there will be a time in the 2000s, which we are in, that there will be kids without consciences. That were roving like roving wolf packs without a leader, uh, not only in urban environment but in suburban. And we see the fruits of that today, of listening to the culture, of challenging truth, asking the question, "What is true?" It continues in the article: the gangster life is attracted to the adolescent that sits at home bored, 
or the youth had, who keep feels like a person they don't they're not respected without full understanding respect many youth intentionally provoke people to fear them i mean it's it's motivated in all our media today our music our movies the most popular shows on tv is the is the the cop shows the law and order concepts everything to put fear in people you know and it says here fear is a mutilated form of respect I mean, it feels, it's, it's actually a lack of self-worth. So you have to identify that way. It's the bully mentality, bully mentality. Um, that's the only way a bully can survive is to have an audience and to have that caste mentality to lower somebody lower than themselves so they feel better about themselves. And you gotta have an audience. You gotta have it on blast, um, to make that. And you gotta pick that weaker vessel, um, to challenge that. Back to the article, it says number two is authority figure. A gangster can attract others by counterfeiting their role of a parent. Wow. The basic responsibility of a parent is protect, provide, and teach. Did you hear that, parents? It says here the basic responsibility of a parent is to protect, provide, and teach. Now, let's just stop right there and just challenge that. Protect, all right? Now, defining protection as a parent and what a kid is looking for today, it's it's not only providing a home, you know, providing from safety in a sense. Protect in this sense is is really being their a dad's being a knight in shiny armor, um, mom's being their mom, like a a a a. A mom robin cuddles her baby birds in the nest, protect them. That goes and gets the worm, provides. Um, you know, the animals understand this. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. Animals understand this concept. Why we humans created in the image of God with a higher intelligence than an animal, maybe, sounds like sometime, should understand this. Next one says the basic responsibility of parents is to pr- provide, provide, not love by things, material things, or what they need to, so they're not embarrassed, or the latest shoes, latest whatever, latest cell phone, latest whatever the media is trying to, to provide for them. It's, it's wasted um, challenges there for kids. And the next one says the basic response to a parent is to teach, teach, model, teach, Teach, you have it for 24-7, 18 years. If you don't, they're going to be living at your house for another 18 years. Or you're going to be visiting them somewhere where you have to be almost strip searched to go see them and put some, put some change in a, in a, in a machine so you can have five hours of conversation with them um, before they go back into their lockdown unit. It continues with the, the article. The gangster can create a sense of protection through violence and intimidation. They provide basic tangible items, mostly through illegal means. A gangster teach street knowledge. Young girls are often transformed their allegiance from their parents to the local gangster, looking for love in the thug, because girl ain't seen love at the house from daddy. That's what it's about. They have not seen that model, what should be true love, um, honest love, um, for better or worse, as everybody gets married for. They haven't seen that. They see that drive-by media, what they see, 30 seconds of commercial or whatever they have on the sitcoms or what it is as everybody's watching the box. Um, hoping to escape accountability and parental guidance, it states here. Number three is control. 
Teens struggle with many issues. They are trying to find the balance among image, power, and self-preservation. New information abilities are bombarding our minds every day. Hello, hello, hello. Everything is multimedia, even podcasts. You know, everything that we're doing with technology today, but everything under the sun has to be done in moderation. They need help to put it in proper perspective. They master feelings of insecurity by choosing an image to protect their soft core. If people are afraid of them, they will not bother them while they figure it all out. Again, fear is often mistaken for respect. Children often say, I don't care. I've heard that from my kids. I don't care what she do. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to do what I have to do. You do you and I do me. You know, more times than not, they're trying to convince themselves not to feel. I mean, that's why, you know, we see new modifications of, 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 of illegal drugs or abusive alcohol. It's not to feel the pain. Tragically, many unintentional mute their consciences and cause permanent damage to the conscience while going through a temporary phase. Teenage life, sweet 16, is temporary. It's not the rest of life. Young minds, parents, don't think it lasts there. We got to remember where we came from. Many youth are acting out the image of what they believe to be a gangster. Often their images put them in situations that they cannot escape. I mean, it's a real gun, you know? It's a real gun. It doesn't have the red, the little orange tip on there. Somebody's gonna pull the trigger and somebody's gonna die. It ain't TV killings. Each image provides a particular script. Some of you follow their lie, these same lines to their grave. And mama goes to the funeral asking why. The next one is number four, emotional advantage. Some youth suffer because of their traumatic experiences from their past. Whether they have been let down by their parents or abused by someone outside the family, they're left feeling vulnerable. Without professional assistance, children look to their intentional mechanisms to cope. Tired of feeling like a victim, they become angry with people responsible for their discomfort. They soon discover that they feel empowered and justified while they're angry. This is what girls want, I hear kid boys tell me. They want me to be mean mugging. Their anger masks their pain. They eventually choose a lifestyle of anger to mute their pain. Unfortunately, they may silent their spirit in the process. The spirit has many hidden treasures. Special gifts, institution, drive, and talent gifts live in the spirit. Without access to these treasures, they may never reach their full potential. I mean, everybody's trying to mask the God-given potential that we've already been blessed with. Remember, our kids are put here for a purpose. They're not mistakes. They're not a mess. God has a hand on them. You just need to lean on Him, pray for them. Uh, my mama prayed for me. My grandmothers prayed for my my mom, my moms and dads. My mom and dad, my moms and dads. Yeah, I got plenty of moms and dads out there to take care of me, spiritual and biological. You know, it says here, wearing the mask of a gangster has deadly, deadly consequences. We watch our children play chicken with guns and knives. The winner always the one who cares less or at least acts the part. I mean, even in our community, just last year, we had kids, two guys, just messing around with a gun, thought it was unloaded, and shooting each other, think they were gangsters, trying to make a video, probably, and one's life was lost. But actually, what we lost is two lives. Two families were affected by this. One's going to do time, serious time, and one of them's never coming back again. 
dead, daisies and all. Sadly, the winner is always the biggest loser. They lose themselves, freedom, and the sight of even productive reality. That's what this article is talking about. Now, what are we trying to do and what we're looking for is the truth of 2014. I think about what 2013 brought to us, and it was a phenomenal year. And if you've seen some of our YouTube videos of my blast of my my latest uh, prayer letter from Full Circle Refuge. Um, we're on a mission from God, for real. And we're breaking new ground, and we're seeing much fruit. I mean, just last year, um, our team, our gang awareness team, um, spoke to over 10,000 kids. Um, I, I just, it, it blows my mind. You know, I get to interact. You know, I have to, I have to wear a safety net when I walk through community sometime. You know, there's a gang guy, and, you know, I question him. What did you learn? What did you get? Did it help? I encouraged them, you know, but it's, it's phenomenal. But we're at another level now, and I've been talking about this for a while, and we want to take it to a level, especially for the state of Georgia, is um, there's a new law in town, a new law that started, was enacted of January 1st, 2014, is the Juvenile Justice Reform Law, and uh, Full Circle Refuge um, wants to be part of that. And the reason why is an article here from the Augusta Chronicle, a local paper here from Augusta, states here, sweeping juvenile justice law to take effect with New Year in Georgia. The Georgia legislation this year passed a sweeping overhaul of the state's juvenile justice system, aiming to reduce the number of repeat offenders and reduce costs. Amen to that. Um, under the new law, only the most serious youth offenders would be kept in custody, while other convicted of more minor offenses will be diverted into, keyword here, audience, community-based programs. In addition to cutting costs, the law is meant to reduce the rate at which youth offenders return to jail. It states here some statistics just to bring this home. Nearly two-thirds of the budget of the Department of Juvenile Justice is devoted to the operation of detention centers, where it costs, and I've been preaching this, more than $90,000 per year to house each offender. Exact amount is 91000 each year. Just do the math. Wow. And it states here, community-based programs cost about $3,000 per person, according to the department's numbers. About 65% of youth are locked up, commit new crimes once they're released. And I have, I've looked at some more statistics of this, and it's actually about 80% within three years. The critical time for youth offenders we've seen over the last 20 years of working with youth is that incubation period, the three to six months after release. We're on track, we're on target, we're seeing our probation officer, we're meeting our, our community services, we're, we're in school possibly, we're minding our families, we're seeking work. But then it's the struggle of, of lack of count, accountability and the struggle of the old streets, the old mindset. You know, as it says in Proverbs, a, a dog will return back to its own vomit. I mean, it sounds pretty graphic and nasty. What would happen? That doesn't make sense. But we're not dogs. But the key is that incubation period. If a kid, a young man or a young lady can make it past six months after release, most likely they will never reoffend again. So that critical, sensitive time is at three to six months after that. And that's what we want as an agency, as a ministry, as a community-based organization, want to target kids. 
but not just every kid. Our goal is to really come alongside, develop relationships, um, seek confessing um, young men and young ladies that are confessing Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, in lockdown. We meet them where they're at, develop a relationship, disciple them, um, develop a plan for them, be accountable to them and tra- with their transition to release. We call it the one church, one child. Uh, real church, real job, and real education. Now, this will not even come close to $3,000 per person. You know, we're looking at an amount of about $91,000 for the whole budget to reach about 100 young men in 2014. So, from you, just a little plea there. If you would like to be part of that, to see this movement, this mission move forward of community transition, that's what we seek. You can come and... um well, you can come. Yeah, you can come and help. That'd be nice. But another way to stretch your your hand of, of of support is financially, is to help Full Circle Refuge um, kick this off. And many people have already stepped to the plate. I mean, so encouraged by people giving out of their hearts, even with the economy and the things that are happening. Thank you to many, many people who have already set the precedence for us to start this new year. You can go to Full Circle Refuge at fullcirclerefuge.org and hit the donation button and start your process there. Um, there's also where you can do snail mail. You can send it to us and earmark that for community-based transitions. Other than that, I thank you for listening, your time, and I hope you put feet to these words as, again, let's start this new year by serving our King. Please serve our King. Stretch yourself to be light and salt, to be change agents because the culture is trying to implode on us. But we have, we win. Because why? Because God already won. They do not win. It's it's exciting battle to be part of. So go serve your king. Some I want all of you. You made me a man with cows, and now for you I stand in now.